Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. Well, it is getting toward October, and for a lot of folks, October means Halloween and scary things. Of course, in downtown Cranford, every year we have the downtown Scarecrow Stroll, but this year in downtown Cranford, we're going to be having something a little bit different. We are having the Haunted Cranford History Tour. And joining me today on the podcast is Jane McLaughlin. She is the founder and owner of Haunted History Productions. Jane? Welcome to Cranford Radio. Thank you so much, Bernie. Thank you for having me. Well, I gave the title of what this is, and that gives a little bit of a hint about what this is all about. But why don't you give us an overview of what the Haunted Cranford History Tour is going to be like for those folks who might be thinking of attending or maybe who have already bought their tickets and will be attending? Okay, very good. Um, it's First of all, it's a family-friendly show. So it's creepy. But it's not your chainsaw, gory, bloody, running, and screaming sci-fi type show. <laughs> now, most of the time, I'm hired by the downtown or the recreation department to try to bring back important people from the town's history. And that way, they're memorialized during mm -hmm. the tour. So you'll go in small groups, up to 50 people in a group. Every 15 minutes, a tour leaves. So the first tour will start at 6.30. 6 45 7 o'clock 7 15 and so on up until the last tour which is at 9 p.m you'll be walking at about an hour okay it's an hour in cranford because there's a lot of we're walking right through the downtown and there are mm -hmm. a lot of traffic signals that we have to wait for so you'll be walking in these groups with guides who will lead you and you will stop and hear eight different stories from eight different important people from the town's history there are, were so many people to pick from in Cranford, and I had such great help from the Historical Society. But I tried to pick some things that maybe people didn't really know about in Cranford mm -hmm. history. We have Fanny Bates, you know, the mother of Cranford, and there are some very, very iconic people. But I tried to pick some unique stories that are it's going to really make the tour very entertaining. There's a lot of laughs. And the actors, they are the ghosts of. They are the mm -hmm. people coming back, people from Cranford. They all reside <laughs> in Cranford. I like to call it a soap opera of the afterworld. Mm -hmm. So all these people, for whatever reason, they have not been able to pass on. So they stay in Cranford, whether they're attached to a certain location, they just have fond memories and they don't want to move on. Maybe they can't move on for some other reason, but they all know each other. This is the soap opera of the spirits of Cranford history. Wow. And we should tell folks, if they haven't heard already, this is going to be held on Saturday, October 1st, with a rain date of Sunday, October 2nd. And as you mentioned, it starts off at 6.30 and tours leave every 15 minutes or so. We'll have, by the way, notes in the show notes where you can click on a link to buy tickets if you would like to do so. This event in Cranford, while this is the first time this is being held in Cranford, this is not the first time you're doing an event like this. Tell us a bit about your company and some of the other haunted tours of sorts that you've done around different places. Well, I actually started off 14 years ago doing this as a hobby. It's a passion of mine. I like history, but I also like creating fun things for people to do. Mm -hmm. So this is a fun way for people to find something about history that interests them. It could be 
the prohibition era. It could be the native Lenape Indians. It could be a particular building in town that has a haunted history. Could be a revolutionary general or war hero or something from the town's past. I'm interested in that. And then I make their story as entertaining as possible. And 14 years ago, I started out as a, it was a fundraiser and it still is a fundraiser for the township of Woodbridge, for the Woodbridge Arts Alliance. And then I also use the ticket money, the proceeds to give to other organizations in the town. My favorite is one of the food banks that's there. I've given to the animal shelter. And this particular year is very special to me because I lost a dear friend of mine, Councilwoman Nancy Drum. She had a passion for the St. James Elementary School there. Mm -hmm. So a large portion of the Woodbridge tickets proceeds this year will be going to the St. James School in Woodbridge in honor of her memory. So 14 years of that, COVID really helped me grow, believe it or not. It's one of the, it's one of those rare things where my business actually grew during COVID because as soon as things opened up, my event is an outdoor event. Mm -hmm. So we did Plainfield at the Ducre School of Art, which is one of the oldest art schools in the country. That was also a fundraiser for uh, autism. There was no vaccine at the time. People still came with their masks on walking around outside, but they were happy to be outside. Mm -hmm. So we did that for two years. I think what really has happened is people from different towns heard about what was going on in Woodbridge and I didn't know it, but they were coming and taking the tours. They were in the groups. And next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call. Hey, my town would like to try something like this. Hey, my town would like to try something like this. So Somerville, I did Somerville last year, the complete sellout. They did over 600 tickets wow. uh, and, and I'll be doing them again this year at the end of the month. It was so successful that they said, let me book you right now for next year and give me another weekend. So <laughs> everybody wants to do this in October, but it doesn't have to be done in October. It really isn't the best to do it in the summer. So many people on vacation and the costumes and the makeup can get really hot but you could do this as early as the last week of september all the way through november for this outdoor type of tours somerville grew and then i developed this relationship with karen from the cramper downtown she took the only saturday i had which was the first saturday in october and we're hoping i know it's going to be successful because we've already pre-sold over 300 tickets wow so um we're hoping that it's going to become an annual event if you do miss it this year, you can always know that it's going to be the first Saturday in October next year. Now, here's the funny thing. Two years in a row, there's five Saturdays. <laughs> that does never happen very rarely. <laughs> so I was able to squeeze in an extra Saturday tour this year and last year. But next year, there's only four Saturdays. So I will be taking probably some of my older tours and moving them to either maybe a Thursday. Thursday's the new Friday, if you ask me anyway. So Friday's always competing with the uh, high school football mm -hmm. events. And that includes a lot of people from the community. Mm -hmm. You have the band and you have the players and you have the fans and everything else. So to move it to a Friday night is probably not the best, but I'm going to take one of my tours next year, move it to probably a Thursday to accommodate Cranford so that I can keep theirs definitely on the first Saturday of the month next year, first Saturday of October next year. For your background, were you an actor? Have you had any acting experience before you started this business? You know, I dabbled a little bit with small parts, but I like the behind the scenes 
myself, I like creating. I -hmm. think that's where my energy goes to. I really like my imagination is never stops. I'm up, (laughs) I'm I'm up at three o'clock in the morning every night, which happens to be the bewitching hour. You know, Mm -hmm. if you really want to make contact with the afterworld, it's 3 a.m. So (laughs) oddly enough, this has been the time that I've been waking up for at least the last 10 years, three o'clock in the morning. My brain is just always thinking of stories and characters and ways to make it entertaining, ways to take a boring historical person and give them a colorful, something colorful in their life to make it entertaining for people to want to hear. So uh, I have a dance background. I owned a dancing school for 15 years in Fords, New Jersey. I used to do a lot of creating with that, with my recitals, trying to make them so that they were very entertaining rather than just a marathon of dance after dance after dance. I used a lot of my creativity that way. Like I said, during COVID, when people were just sitting home doing nothing, I had these towns contacting me. And this year was particularly a challenge because I had two new towns. I'm also doing the week after Cranford, I'm doing Bernardsville, mm-hmm. which is a new town. So if you think about it, each town gets eight stories. That's eight fascinating historical people I have to discover from that town, write the script, find the actor, cast them, costume them, rehearse them. And so this year, that was 16 new roles. And that's about all I could do in one year. (laughs) So so, uh, I do have another town that's interested in uh, joining the schedule for next year, but they're very willing to take a weeknight if that's what I have available. Speaking of the actors, where do you find the actors? Well, most of the actors are actually, believe it or not, I still have some, some of the same actors that have been with me for 14 years from day one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them came from my dancing school, which was the sponsor of the event for this fundraiser in Woodbridge. And I have a lot of parents that did a lot of acting. I have three, not not all of them are from my dancing school at the time, but I have three actors that are full-time high school drama teachers Mm. that act for me, that come back and do do shows. As a matter of fact, I have one that was one of the original actors. His daughter grew up in my dancing school. She went off to college and she graduated. And guess what? She's coming back to act for me this year. Oh, wow. And her dad, who is a drama teacher uh, in the Newark school district is coming back to act for me this year. I have Edison high school drama teacher. I have Woodbridge high school drama teacher. So these are people that really know way more about acting than I do. I just write the script. I tell them the character and I just let them go with it. And they really do a great job. And then word of mouth, every actor knows another actor. Mm -hmm. So I will contact someone and say, I'm typecasting someone, you know, I need a middle-aged African-American woman, you know, anybody, and they'll give me some leads. Some roles are not a gender or any kind of race specific. They can be just stories told by anybody. Mm -hmm. But when I'm doing a historical character, I try to typecast that particular person as best I can. For example, I do Paul Robeson in Somerville, and I think The actor that I hired last year, who's coming back again this year, he had the audience crying. His portrayal of Paul Robeson was just so good. Yeah. One of the um, members of the Historical Society was on the tour. He came up to me afterwards and just said, 
that Paul Robeson was spot on. So I try to do my best. Well, you'll see, because you're going to meet Fanny Bates. Yes. Town. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a few others that, that people will know, know of. The nice thing, though, about this is that unlike Paul Robeson, these people, nobody really knows them per se. There, there's no video of Fanny Bates that I'm aware of. I think she was gone before uh, video came along or film came along. But when you're doing somebody who is a historical character that you can go back and look at Paul was, was many things, an athlete, an actor, a singer, you know, you could go back and see examples of his real life work and his real life person. So there's additional pressure when you are portraying someone like that, as opposed to say Fanny Bates, which yeah, people may know of, but they can't say, Oh, well, that's, that's not how Fanny talked. I've seen Fanny. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's, that's where I get a little bit more freedom to create the personality of that character. For example, I have a General Nathaniel Hurd. He is from Woodbridge. He dethroned the royal governor in Perth Amboy, which was Ben Franklin's son. Uh, He lived in Woodbridge. He raised racehorses in Woodbridge. And I decided that I wanted to make him a ladies man. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if he ever had a wife. I don't know if he ever married. There wasn't a lot of, of that about him. But when he is doing his character, he is very flirtatious with the ladies in the group. (laughs) So I gave him that personality. Now, just a little secret. The same actor who plays Paul Robeson is going to be playing for Cranford, Ernest Tyree. So that is somebody that a lot of people in town might not know about. I do believe there might even be some relatives of the Tyree family that still might even be in Cranford today. But I have a really super actor who's going to be portraying this gentleman. Well, a lot to look forward to. Again, it's going to be taking place on Saturday, October 1st in downtown Cranford. It begins in front of the municipal building. The rain date is the next day, Sunday, October 2nd. While we do have a link in the show notes to where tickets can be bought, you want to mention, Jane, where tickets can be found, how people would get those? Yep, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite. And I do believe that several time slots are already sold out. So it looks like we're starting to fill in the later time slots. Again, every 15 minutes, the tour takes off. So you go to Eventbrite, Haunted Cranford. It'll pop right up. I'm sure it's on, the link is also on the the Downtown Cranford Facebook. Mm -hmm. So you can find it if you go through there. You can find the link directly on my website, hauntedhistoryproductions.com. You'll just go to the Cranford event. And I'm pretty confident it's going to be a sold out show. So let's everybody do their good weather dance. <laughs> pray for good weather. <laughs> we didn't, forgot to check the old Farmer's Almanac to see what the forecast was for October 1st. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it will be nice. I need it. I need nice for the whole month. Bernie. I need nice. I need nice Saturdays for the whole month of October. <laughs> well, we've been talking on this episode of Cranford Radio Podcast with Jane McLaughlin. She is the founder and owner of Haunted History Productions. Jane, thanks so much for being my guest and look forward to seeing you on October 1st. Great, great. And thank you for this opportunity.